Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse. And for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. There's a science to celebrate! Demons list now! After what hit me, come on! There is a in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Dinosaur fossils? God put those here to test our faith. That damn lie! I, I saw them on my own eye! Did I accuse just... Drop sharply while I was away. We did it illusions, man. None of it is true. I'm not insane. This is mass madness, you maniac. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. All right, so at the end, welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. Nice to see you. Andrew, thanks for having me. So before we get into anything too deep, uh, let's talk about who you are and, and how you got your pen name, by the way. That's pretty cool. When I looked you up originally, I'm like, wait a minute, this, this guy, this guy's dead. This can't be the same guy. <laughs> so I had to search, of course, on DuckDuckGo to find you, you know. So let's, uh, let's get into it. How... What is what's going on with uh, the pen name? So my pen name is Etienne de la Boetti squared. And the original Etienne de la Boetti was a French political philosopher. He wrote in the 16th century and he was really, you know, kind of the first to chronicle the little tools and tricks that rulers used, not just to get obedience, but to get fealty and adoration out of you know their populations a little bit like Machiavelli but Machiavelli was like hire me hire me and I'll show you how to run these slaves and Boiti was more of like these guys are jerks this is a scam they're running game on you this is the little tricks they're using and he would just cry you know and and so he would he would just you know he kind of blew it you know blew it out of the water and so uh, I've got a couple kids that are stuck in the government school system. And so I don't want them to get any, you know, heat from what dad is doing. And so uh, I write under the pen name, but my book, Government, The Biggest Scam in History Exposed, which you can get at government-scam.com, is really uh, designed to, you know, take somebody that's unfamiliar with the illegitimacy of government, the undesirability of government, the ineffectualness of government, the criminality of government. It's designed to take them from zero to 60 in the shortest amount of time. It's designed for visual learners. It's to wake up your friends, your family, your relatives, or even be dropped off at somebody's house 
to where when they pick it up and they just begin leafing through it, they're so captivated by the visualizations and historical photos and everything that's in the book that they can't put it down. Wow. Well, I have seen your website and I've read your book and it's mind blowing and it does put everything perfectly into it. I mean, it's, it's very visual and I think it's going to be a great tool for everyone to check out. Uh, something else that I noticed, which was really, really inspiring was every page I read, I kept saying to myself, I need to get this to everyone I know. Yeah, yeah. And when I went on your website and looked a little further into like maybe getting a couple copies for, for friends, you seem to have already planned for that, where there's multiple options to buy upwards of like 10, 20 books and stuff like that in a package deal. I really think that's forward thinking. So I appreciate that. Um, well, no, so the, so the book is designed to, you know, wake up your friends and your family. And if you've ever had trouble explaining you know, these concepts, then this is, you know, then this is a very sharp tool for you to be able to break through because most people are visual learners. They come to insight much quicker when they, you know, when they see information. And so the other thing I guess I, we should probably, you know, uh, preface the audience with is that I'm a voluntarist and a voluntarist is someone that believes that all relationships between human beings should be voluntary Nobody gets to use violence or coercion or extortion on anybody else, not even the government. The government doesn't get a pass from morality. And so voluntarists don't believe that the government is legitimate, that it's desirable, or that it's necessary. And that everything the government does from roads to armed protective services, to air traffic control, to everything except, you know, redistribution. You can't rob Peter to pay Paul. That's immoral. That's the sign of a bad government. Uh, but like all of the like legitimate services that the government performs would better be performed by uh, the free market, by mutual aid societies, by, you know, real charity. Uh, uh, and, uh, and so, so, uh, that's the big secret. We don't need government that everything that government does would better be done. It would be faster, cheaper, more effective, or more likely should not be done at all. And that if you did that, then the economy would flourish and you wouldn't have the misallocation of capital. You wouldn't have the inflation you wouldn't have, you know, half of your income being stolen and kind of overt taxes, covert taxes and inflation. And when I say covert taxes, like everybody understands the, you know, the 1040 and, you know, what they're paying in income tax. But when you really add up all of the other ways that government is dinging you from, you know, every time you pay your cable bill or your cell phone bill or you, you know, uh, buy a bottle of beer, or pack of cigarettes or you, uh, get a gallon of gas, or you buy an airline ticket, or you get a rental car, or you get a hotel room, or you get like, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And corporations, they don't pay taxes. They just pass those taxes on to the customer in higher, you know, prices. And so, you know, when you, when you just add all of these layers and layers of taxes, if everybody got that back where they were spending their money, you know, most efficiently, um, then, you know, you'd see society flourish, you'd see the economy boom, because you wouldn't have the, you know, the economic misallocation, you wouldn't have the monopoly privileges, 
You wouldn't have, you know, technologies locked up and quote unquote patents and intellectual property that really hurts society, doesn't help society. Um, and so, so, you know, the, the economy would blossom if it wasn't for government running this scam on the population. Wow. We'll get into the scam in a second, but I just wanted to kind of set the table that, you know, right off the bat, you know, I don't believe government is legitimate. I don't think that we need it and that there's market, you know, pressures, you know, from the Adam Smith's invisible hand to, you know, the capital creation function of the market to, you know, uh, to economic efficiency that would, that would, you know, that would, would, uh, much better allocate capital and create wealth for everybody than, you know, than having the government steal it and serve as an inefficient, crooked middleman. Yeah. It seems that like in our modern society, among all the, you know, every, basically everybody considers corporations evil. And at the same time, we kind of fear the free market in a way we treat it like an enemy in some ways, but it, it's, it's only because of the government's influence on those processes. Am I right? Well, not only the, so, you know, we don't have capitalism in the United States. And when I say capitalism, the, you know, my understanding of capitalism is it's just a free market where, you know, the government doesn't get the ability to control the market participants. Everybody gets to spend their own money. There's no laws against you doing business with these companies or those companies, nobody gets to have monopoly privileges like AT&T or the post office or, you know, any of the other, you know, monopoly privileges that the government gives away. And that, uh, and what, but the problem is, is that in the United States, people associate this mixed economy and the crony capitalism of giving you know, banks the ability to create money out of thin air, even though it's inflationary or, you know, handing agricultural subsidies to big, you know, big agra or, you know, mandating that, you know, big pharma, you know, everybody has to take a mandatory vaccine to have their kids go to school or that the government gets to control the educational curriculum for your kids. Like people associate that with crony capitalism and, you know, they, they associate crony capitalism with capitalism. And that's just not the case. In a true free market, the only companies that are making money are the ones that are satisfying their customers by providing a good or a service faster, you know, cheaper, better, more efficiently than their competition. And so under crony capitalism, certain companies, you know, they get to, uh, they get to, you know, make outsized profits because, you know, they've lobbied the government for monopoly privilege or they've had economic regulations placed on their competition, or they've had, uh, you know, the government write them, you know, no bid contracts so that they grow faster, uh, you know, than their, than their competition. And then people see that inherent unfairness in the economy. And they're like, well, that's, that's, uh, that's capitalism's fault. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> that's government you know, making, you know, something that isn't capitalism, you know, look bad by picking winners and losers in the economy. And so uh, I'm not advocating crony capitalism. I'm advocating free market capitalism, where the only way that, you know, that companies make money is by satisfying the customer 
by pr providing, you know, uh, a product that the that the society wants, you know, where they've got to compete for your money. Uh, and if you don't like them, you can fire them, unlike the post office or the monopoly police or the, you know, we can go down the line, the inefficient government provider that gets protected and, uh, and is giving capitalism a bad name. Um, yeah, let's get into it, man. Let's, let's talk about the, um, well, the corruption at the core of our laws, right? That's what we're really getting into here is that from the very beginning, they've been corrupt, right? Well, I tell you, so the, 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 the first thing that we ought to get into is it's, it's number one, they've been corrupt since the beginning. And so the way that I encourage people to understand government is that government was never intended to protect life, liberty, and property. Government was always intended to rob and control populations. And don't think of it, think of it as a technique used by intergenerational organized crime to rob and enslave humanity. And so uh, the, the reason that you know it's illegitimate and undesirable and unnecessary uh, is they have to lie to you about it and it doesn't make, it's not moral, it's not logical. So it's impossible. The first thing that the audience has to wrap their head around is that it is 100% impossible for there to be a legitimate moral government. There is no way that a written piece of paper or the divine right of kings or any of the other you know, uh, excuses of why this, this ruling class in society gets to make up rules and use violence on everybody else comes into fruition. It just doesn't work. And it doesn't work for a number of reasons that I'll define right now. But the number one is, is that it is impossible morally and logically for anybody to delegate a right that they do not possess themselves to a representative to represent them, you know, uh, doing something they don't have the, the ability to do themselves. So if I myself personally do not have the ability to take Andrew's money and spend it on social welfare schemes or $14,000 toilet seats or, um, you know, $400,000 F-35 helmets or any of the other scams that the government is running on you on a daily basis, then I can't, uh, I can't delegate a right I don't have myself to a representative or to a government to represent me doing something I don't have the ability to do myself. Um, I can't be bound by a social contract that I didn't sign. And if, you know, me and my fiance can't vote to rob Andrew because there's two of us in the room and one of him, it doesn't matter if there's five of us or 20 of us or 350 million of us all voting to rob Andrew, um, there is no additional human being that takes something that is inherently immoral and then makes it moral just because the mob wants to, you know, uh, lynch black folks or rob Peter to pay Paul. And so uh, those are all the ways that government is, you know, legitimizes itself, you know, democracy or, you know, the delegated rights and whatever. And so when you really, really think about it, the idea that three dozen slave owners on a continent of three million people hundreds of years ago can go into a, you know, a room and write down on a piece of paper that they alone get to make up rules for everybody and steal the wealth of others 
Well, the only reason anybody believes it is they have used, they have put you into a government school or an accredited school, and they have taught you that from a time when you were so young that it, you were just too young to evaluate the logic or the morality of that idea. And I mean, you know, it is a dumb idea and it didn't work. And so the idea that this constitution was able to limit government or was able to bound, you know, bind down the, you know, the, the government from, you know, with the chains of the constitution or, you know, just, you know, or, or protect rights. It didn't work. Like, you know, it's, it, it's illogical, it's immoral. And from a, just a utilitarian standpoint, it didn't work. It didn't do what it said it was going to do. And so we all need to realize that we've been scammed and, and had, and so, uh, you know, when I, I take a look at the first, you know, what I call intergenerational organized crime as royalty and royalty is you're going to give us your money or we're going to hurt you. And then royalty developed, you know, a number of different unethically manipulative psychological techniques, you know, God saved the queen, you know, giving back, you know, bread and circuses, giving back a portion of the you know, what they were stolen and kind of annual feasts and, you know, wearing robes and crowns. And, and so they've tricked the population into going along with it. Um, and so what, what I'm doing in the book is I'm exposing some of those techniques so that the population understands how they've been robbed, how they've been tricked, how they've been chumped. And once people realize that it's illegitimate and and also that the media is in on it. And so, you know, the book Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed, the subtitle is How Intergenerational Organized Crime Runs the Government and the Media. And that's one of the other big, you know, uh, secrets in the book. It's been the government and the media working together to control popul to control these populations since the beginning. So, so there's an occulted knowledge in society that like there's a playbook of you know, how do you, uh, you know, create the culture of tax slavery in a population? And what I do in the book is I pull back the curtain and I show you, you know, what that, uh, you know, what that, uh, that playbook is. And so once you realize and you can see it with your own eyes, and if it's okay with you, I'll share, you know, I'll share some slot, you know, some pages yes, from the book. Definitely. And Absolutely. we'll just go through like, you know, what the playbook looks like. But when, you know, nobody likes to get chumped. And so, you know, what I do with the book is by pulling back the curtain and, and showing, you know, how they do, how the magician does the trick. Well, once you know how the magician does the trick, then you can't get fooled again. And so, um, so I'll just go ahead and I'll start by, you know, sharing, uh, you know, the cover of the book here. And then we'll, we'll start with, we'll just go down a couple of pages. Wow. The cover is just uh, breaks my heart. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people, it. you know, well, let's just start with the cover. And so, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, what most people are familiar with and they think is the Nazi salute is actually the Nazis got it from us. It was called the Bellamy salute. Uh, the uh, it was it was a media operation started by Freemasons in the 1890s that got military socialism, the robotic chanting, the federal flag, which was not present in the schools at that time. 
So it was a media operation run by Freemasons that got the flag into the schools and then got the kids not only doing the pledge, but this was called the Bellamy salute. And the Bellamy salute started with a military salute and it said, I pledge allegiance to the flag. And and then the kids would stick out their arms towards the flag. And uh, over time, uh, they just, they're uh, starting in kind of 1907. So this started in 1892 uh, and starting in 1907, there was a movie came out called Ben-Hur and it began popularizing the Roman salute. And so kids started just sticking their arms kind of straight up and, and, you know, in the time. And if you go and you, you know, search on a search engine, that's not CIA Google, you're going to find lots of pictures of American kids doing what everyone would recognize as the classic, palm down Heil Hitler salute. That's it. The majority of the, of the times, this picture was taken by the LA times in 1943 during the changeover to the handover of the heart. So we started doing it in 1892. The Italian fascists started doing it in 1919. The Nazi party started doing it in uh, 1926. The, uh, the Nazi army started doing in 1944, we switched from the Bellamy salute to the hand over the heart in on army day in 1943. And so this is what the government school, these are some of the things the government school didn't, you know, teach you. And so what I want to start really with, you know, is, is the first part of the book is the plate what I call kind of like the playbook of how do you slave up a society. And so I break down 20 techniques used by what I call intergenerational organized crime to create the culture of slavery and tax slavery. And then I show what it looked like in each time and place. And so I'm going to show you that, you know, just to kind of prove the point that all of these countries are using the exact same playbook. I'm going to explain what the technique is. And then I'm going to show what it looks like in Nazi Germany, the U.S. government, Soviet Union, East Germany, because these are the de facto worst regimes in history. You don't get any more evil than these countries. And so if the United States is using the exact same playbook as the Nazis and the Soviets and the East Germans, then something's wrong at the top. And maybe we've been lied to about the legitimacy of government, the necessity of government, and the desirability of government from the beginning. And because it's been the government and the media controlling the information that we receive, whether it's by controlling the information we receive in the mandatory government school, or it's controlling the information that we receive through the monopolization of the media or the algorithmic censorship of the internet, which we'll get into in a little bit, they're controlling the information to make it seem like it's legitimate that they get to rob us. It's legitimate that we got to do what they say and they're running game on us because the first technique is the artificially indoctrinated holy symbol of the flag. So we're going to slide the population that government isn't just necessary and desirable, but we're going to use kind of the same unethically manipulative techniques as a cult or a, you know, uh, a disingenuous religion, okay, that maybe understands human psychology 
and we're going to slide them government as a religion. And so we're going to give the population a flag and then we're going to product place that flag on the sly into movies and television shows. We're going to use propaganda techniques like anchoring where we'll build the audience up to a moment of high positive emotion. And everywhere you see the little, you know, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the hypertext links and the PDF version of the book. Uh, if you buy, if you get the PDF version, you can click through and you can actually see videos that will show you and demonstrate the product placement, 469 product placements and just 12 Michael Bay movies where they just string you know, the flag, a couple, you know, every time the flag's on screen together and got a little ding and then they've got a, you know, a little counter showing every time Michael Bay has, you know, product placed the flag in one of these movies and it's just going ding, 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 you know, we're going to build the audience up to this moment of high positive emotion of Matt Damon escaping Mars. And then boom, we cut to cut to earth and everybody's waving American flags. And then boom, we go to mission control and there's giant American flags on the, on the backdrops. And so they've gotten you to that moment of high positive emotion. And then they show you the flag and they've been doing it your entire life. And now that I've brought the technique to your you know, your attention, you're going to start seeing it all the time, (laughs) noticing it all the time, but we're using these unethically manipulative techniques to give you a warm and fuzzy about being an American and about the flag. And, uh, but the reality is, is that we've got an organized crime system, stealing half your money, running game on you to get you, uh, religiously attached to this artificially indoctrinated symbol. Now, this is also why the NBA has the flag on the backboards. So you associate the exhilaration of the goal with the flag. This is why the NFL has it on their helmets. So uh, the next technique is, so any good religion needs some holy documents. And so all of these have a constitution and a bill of rights that's kind of the equivalent of the Bible then there's the uh, uh, mandatory government school employing the Prussian model of education. So we're going to take the kids, we're going to put them into the church school where the priest is going to indoctrinate them subtly, very, very subtly into the religion of the state. So we're going to have them do the common prayer of the Pledge of Allegiance. We're going to have them sing the hymns of the national anthem. We're going to give them books that tell them it's all legitimate. We're going to take them in eighth grade to the Mecca, Washington, D.C., where we're going to take them into the cathedral of the U.S. Capitol that looks like the Vatican for a reason. We're going to take them to the uh, temples. We're going to show them the deities and we're not going to call it a religion, but uh, any, you, you know, anybody that's ever seen the people flying the flags in their homes and off their vehicles and wearing all of the religious regalia, just like the, you know, your, you know, people that might be overly religious in other religions will immediately recognize that it produces, you know, a kind of uh, religious fervor in the population if you don't understand what they're doing. And so the president is the Pope, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, the other 
uh, unethically manipulative techniques that they're using is there's an obedience component in the government schools that conditions people to obedience to authority. And this is the drill bells. It's having them walk in line, requiring permission to use the bathroom, the assigned seating, uh, warrantless searches of students, you know, lockers and bags to show that, you know, any government employee can go through your stuff anytime they want. It's using techniques like public shaming and collective punishment and the red, yellow, green troublemaker boards and socialization of the monopoly police through, uh, you know, school resource officers and the D.A.R.E. program. And then finally, there's a debilitation. We're going to force the kids to have mercury and aluminum-laced vaccines. We're going to give them, you know, attention deficit disorder medications, fluoridated water in the water fountain, glyphosated-soaked and GMO garbage food in the cafeteria. Um, so then after that, there the next technique is uh, a youth program. So it was the Hitler Youth in Nazi Germany. It was the Russian Young Pioneers in, uh, Russia, in uh, the Soviet Union. It's East Germany's Young Pioneers in East Germany. And so now there's kind of two programs. And so the, the mandatory government school system and the hidden propaganda on the TV and in the movies is designed to produce a, you know, a, uh, a, a quote unquote, an American. I'm just a human being. So I'm not an American. You don't have to be an American. You don't have to be a, a crip just because you're born in Compton. You don't have to be a blood just because you're born in East LA. Uh, you know, um, uh, I'm a human being. I'm on this planet. I'm a sentient human being. I don't believe in any of this hocus pocus. I love my neighbors. I love people that are good, honest people within the country. But you know, uh, the you know the average person in uh, Hawaii doesn't have a lot in common with the average person in Oklahoma and the average person in Seattle, Washington doesn't have a lot in common with the average person in Florida. And the thing that's supposed to unite the United States is freedom and liberty. And if you don't have that, then it's just an artificial tribe. It's an artificial religion to get you to hand over to tithe, to tithe a portion of your income. And so the mandatory government school produces kind of the basic level of indoctrination where, you know, you're willing to yeah, more or less voluntarily tithe your income over. But to enforce that, they need what are called order followers. And order followers are uh, religious zealots willing to enforce the commandments of the religion on those that aren't going along with the program. And so that program, we're going to, there's another kind of little sidetrack for the order followers to create order followers. And that starts with the youth program. And so the youth program is going to uh, now give kids, and this is the Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts in the United States, we're going to give kids awards, Cub Scout Adventure Loops, Boy Scout Merit Badges for a deeper level of programming, citizenship in the country, citizenship in the nation. We're going to, you know, teach them how to fold the flag, salute the flag, caress the flag. When the flag gets old, we've got to, can't just throw it away. We've got to bury it because it's a venerated holy object. We're going to get them into the uniform, the single form. We're going to teach them hierarchical command and, you know, hierarchical command and control 
Uh, and, uh, and ultimately, we're going to produce an order follower who is willing to set his morality aside and use violence either to go and murder people in foreign wars based on lies and manufactured intelligence or uh, to enforce the commandments, the laws on his neighbors and by the time that you go through the youth program and the explorers and the JROTC and the ROTC uh, and uh, military training where they're going to segment you away from the rest of the society, you're not going to get it. It's going to be, it's, you're going to have so much indoctrination drummed into you using unethically manipulative techniques like sleep deprivation and segmenting you off or, you know, from the rest of society to putting you in the, in the uniform, to shaving your head, to doing all these things that you don't, you know, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's very hard to, to communicate uh, with somebody that's been through, put through multiple, multiple levels of this indoctrination. But it all yeah. starts with the Cub Scouts and the Boy Scouts. Then it gets kind of creepy because <laughs> then as the kids get older, now we're going to teach them how to kill. So now this is the Explorer Program, the Police Explorer Program, the Military Explorer Program, Young Marines, DOD Starbase, uh, yeah, JROTC, ROTC. Now we are going to shave the kids' heads. Now we're going to begin segmenting them away from their parents. We're going to give them uniforms. We're going to take them on ride-alongs. You know, uh, we're going to you know put them in these these programs where we're going to just reinforce that it's legitimate that we get to rule the population, and if the population doesn't like it, that's just tough. You, you know, you use the billy club and the stick and you arrest them and you put them in a cage if they don't go along with the, with us stealing their money or with us, them not following our, you know, our commandments and whatever. And, you know, and, uh, and, you know, we're now going to teach you how to kill. And so that is, uh, you know, creepy in and of itself. Um, the next technique is pledges and oaths forced on kids thousands and thousands of repetitions from, you know, in mandatory government schools and these youth programs from a young age and the, the Hitler youth had it and the young pioneers had it and everybody, you know, like they're all running essentially the same techniques and, uh, and it's thousands and thousands of repetitions. Um, Jeez. Yeah, I've I, just to cut in real quick. Yeah, go for um, it. I'm totally like th this is um what you mentioned earlier about like how so many levels of programming it's so hard to talk to someone that has experienced that. It's like I think at least from my perspective it seems like the newer the generation the less of that there is, but maybe I could be way off on that. That could just be from my experience dealing with my elders who especially the ones who really know the laws and they've, they, like you said, religious zealots in a sense, yeah. um, not to be defamatory, but like it does feel that way. Right. They get very heated and very passionate when you question the doctrines that have been laid out. And not only that, but if you're not really well-versed or perhaps have a book like yours right in front of you, it's at least for me, it's, it's been impossible to deal with the, the comments and the answers that are given right back, because when someone knows this system, well, 
this system is perfect. It's so yeah. easy. Like there's an answer for every, every claim that someone like me with a giant tinfoil hat on makes about our government. There's always some logical, legal, accepted answer to that. I, I, it fails me to give you an example right off the bat, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Right. No, no, I mean, I've seen I've seen people that literally have their constitution and they've got it all highlighted out <laughs> like, like a Bible and that they think it's the greatest document that is that the, the you know, political philosophy and theory has ever produced because they were taught that in the mandatory government school. And that the, you know, the, the media program, you know, you know, has got plenty of books, you know, they've developed over the years that are going to convince them of that. And they've accepted this belief system as a religion. And so it's very, it's, it would, you know, in a lot of cases, if you're an American and you're, you know, trying to talk somebody out of being an American is like trying to talk somebody out of being a Catholic or trying to talk somebody out of being a Hare Krishna or trying to talk somebody you know, out of being a Buddhist or trying to talk somebody out of, you know, whatever <laughs> that they've accepted into their worldview because they read it out of a holy book. And so, the, you know, it really is, uh, you know, it is a religion. It's a, it, they don't call it a religion, but if you, you can't take a look at the, the, you know, the techniques that the government is using and you compare those to an eth unethically manipulated, you know, religion like Jonestown, Jim Jones. And you just like take a look, you know, at what he was doing. He segmented his followers away from the rest of society. You know, he moved them down to Jonestown. Like, you know, it's the exact same technique. So they're all like, you know, there is a handbook of how do you create a cult. And many people, you know, uh, like throughout history have used the handbook to create other cults and religions. And, uh, you know, and, you know, the, the Mormons dress their kids up in the uniform, the single form for conformity. And, uh, you know, I mean, and anybody that's seen, you know, it's the exact, we're running the exact same techniques as an unethically manipulative religion or a cult. And so I'll just, I'll just go through a couple more just, just to give everybody and, 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 you know, as I'm going through these for, for those that might just be listening on the radio or, you know, on the podcast without being able to see the pages of the book, you know, I'm showing pictures of what this looked like in each different, you know, time and place. And it's startling, you know, how similar it's the exact same program that the Nazis were using. It's the exact same program that the Soviets were using. It's the exact same program the East Germans were using. And so it is a playbook. And it almost, it almost looks like, the same people. I mean, it's if you would if you were to witness this comparison, if you were a detective and you're chasing down a criminal of some kind, if you are a criminal group, just like the mob. I mean, shit, you, you call them organized crime. We could reference almost any Hollywood movie about organized crime from mm -hmm. the detective's perspective. This kind of behavior in multiple places points them right at a singular person. And it seems like on a massive scale and we don't even have to go down crazy conspiracy lane with like the 13 families or anything, even though that kind of seems legitimate too. Yeah. It's, it does pretty, it's pretty obvious that this is like a group of individuals. This isn't just a philosophy that naturally develops over time in random. I hate that excuse. Like we're born with, 
hatred or, you know, oh, this is just part of humanity. It just doesn't add up to me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a completely artificially indoctrinated worldview that says that there's a ruling class called the government, which has rights that you don't have uh, and that gets to use violence on you and that gets to make up rules for everybody. And they've got this big and, and then it's the media on every single channel. And we'll talk about how they've been monopolized and how they control the media and, and how they control the search engines and everything like that. But and that's not just the news. That's Hollywood, too. I mean, it's all of it. It's every oh, yeah, celebrity we it. see. Yeah, like we're, yeah, we're weaving it into the movies. We're weaving it into the television shows. We're showing you how you got to act in court and that it's mm. legitimate that the government gets to haul you into their own like little rigged court system. And that when you pay them, you got to pay them. And there's a nice judge in Rhode Island that lets people <laughs> off. And, you know, they show right. little clips on Facebook or whatever of, you know, the nice little judge in Rhode Island letting people off. But at the end of the day, there's a group that gets to rule you and take <laughs> your money and make up rules for you. And, and all because hundreds of hundreds of years ago, you know, a couple dozen slave owners on a continent of 3 million people went into a room and wrote down on a fancy piece of paper that they alone get to make up rules for everybody and steal the wealth of others. And that's why you owe them half your income. And it is dumb. It is a dumb idea, but because they taught it to most people when they were kids, before they were old enough to really evaluate the logic or the morality, you know, they've accepted it because here's the other thing. Human beings are computers. They're supercomputers. There's a supercomputer between your, your ears. But if you like a computer, garbage in, garbage out. And so that's why they call it programming on television. And that's what they're doing. They're controlling the information. The supercomputer, you know, comes in to be able to, to spit out, you know, a preconceived worldview that says it's legitimate that we get to take your money. It's legitimate that we get to rule you and control you. And, uh, and they've got people that if you aren't going along with the religion that will, you know, they've got some shave headed people in uniforms that will kill you if you don't get along with it. So it's somewhat of a death cult in the sense that, you know, they've created a class of people within society that are willing to murder their fellow human beings uh, because they're told by the leaders of an artificially indoctrinated religion. And so that's what we're up against. Um, you know, just to break down some of the other techniques, you know, now on the screen, I've got military and police are artificially glorified and celebrated. And here's another hypertext link where the U.S. government has been caught paying professional sports teams over 53 million bucks a year to include these pro-military, pro-government messages during the games and the circuses. And so the sports team is like the artificial tribe they get you instead of you focused on your neighbors and thinking you're in a tribe with your neighbors they're going to get you in a tribe of cowboys or indians or like whatever children's games played by adults and then when they get you in the stadium they're going to pay the teams to propagandize you and do the flag worship and the flyovers and the bs and they have to pay the teams to do it which is how you know that it's illegitimate and it's artificial. They're, it's, they're having to pay for it. 
It's not, these aren't, you know, spontaneous, you know, patriotism. Um, they all use political rallies, which is like a religious revival. The participants frequently engage in the worship of the artificially created and promoted political saviors, not understanding that organized crime is leveraging knowledge of human psychology to exploit most, but not all humans, biological desire for a leader or father figure and inclusion in the tribe. Um, they all use propaganda. Um, you know, again, here's another hypertext link. CIA, DOD have direct involvement in 800 plus major movies, 1000 plus television shows. Um, you know, I'm using Argo, Zero Dark Thirty as some examples, but like this is the reason why when you watch the movies, especially the ones on Netflix and Amazon Prime, the government's always the hero. Whether it's the CIA agent saving the world from nuclear terrorism or whether it's the FBI agent or the ATF agent or the DEA agent or the air marshal or the fish and wildlife service or the president of the United States flying fighter jets to protect the planet from invading aliens. The government is always the hero and we're going to product place the flag in moments of high positive emotion to get you to have a warm and fuzzy. Um, they all use manufactured news overt or surreptitious control of publishers, editors, and reporters to create an artificial reality. And so in 1976, it came out in uh, something called the church committee hearings that the CIA had hundreds and hundreds of reporters that were on the payroll and were being paid to product place agency uh, propaganda into foreign news services, newspapers, you know, broadcasts. This still goes on today. I've got other examples later in the book of reporters that, you know, in, in the modern era that have come out and publicly said the CIA paid me to write this story or the CIA gave me a story and told me to put my name on it. Um, and so that program is still going out. We're going to control the information the, the, the public you know, uh, believes by controlling kind of the key reporters and editors and publishers. It's the government and the media working together to widely control perception. They all use manufactured terrorism. They all use false flag events, manufactured intelligence and lies to start wars. Uh, they all use political assassination of rivals, whistleblowers, and dissidents. So we're rigging the elections. We're, and if we can't rig the election, if it's, if, you know, we'll just kill the candidate we don't like, you know. Um, they all use political temples dedicated to the state and to its deities. So I mentioned it earlier. We're going to take the kids to Mecca, Washington, D.C. We're going to take them into the temples. We're going to show them the deities. It's going to be very hushed and very reverent. Um, they all use monopoly government fiat money to steal value secretly from the population. So, so um, it's the banks at the top, you know, one of the, so it's different, you know, think of them as different organized crime families. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm an organized crime researcher. And you've got different <laughs> factions that are vying for control of Murder Incorporated. And so at the top of the food chain, one of the key, you know, uh, 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 one of the key 
power centers is the banks and the banks lobbied and bribed the government and uh, in uh, 1913 to give them the ability to, to engage in fractional reserve banking. So the Federal Reserve is a creature of the money center banks that sits behind the banks and backstops them to lend money that they don't have. And so the, the kind of the, the scam is, is that we're going to allow the banks to create money that they don't have and loan it at interest so that when you go get a mortgage or you get a car loan, that's not depositor money that they're loaning you. They just tickle the ivories, bing, and they credit your account with digital dollars, even though that's inflationary. And even though that's stealing the value out of everybody else's dollars, and even though that that's an exorbitant privilege to allow certain companies in the economy, the ability to create money out of thin air. I mean, I've got a company. I don't get to create money out of thin air. I bet you don't get to create money out of thin air. How come those guys get to create money out of thin air? And that's the reason why the bank is the biggest building in every town and city in the United States, because they make exorbitant profits. And then those exorbitant profits have allowed them to buy up the media and to consolidate information so that you don't understand how you're getting robbed. Um, yeah. Uh, the book Modern Money Mechanics lays all of this right out in plain English while not plain English, really. I mean, economics is pretty baffling to most people, including me. And I guess that's on purpose. But if you do have the know how to read that book, it's it's weird that they that book is even allowed to be taken off of a library shelf. You know what I mean? Like why? why would something like that exist that would kind of give the right mind the right direction? It's almost like they allow it to be out there, but only if you're really astute and paying attention to what it is. Have you noticed that? Well, it's, it's also, I mean, frankly, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're between 1984 and brave new world, brave new world one. I mean, we still got shades of 1984, but, you know, Brave New World is the idea that you're that, you know, we're just going to get the population drugged up on caffeine and on weed and on alcohol. And we're going to get them to, care, you know, care about, you know, about children's games played by adults instead of understanding their real power in society, instead of protecting the real tribe, their friends, their family, their neighbors, we're going to get them all, you know, hot and bothered about the artificial tribe of the children's game played by adults. And so we're going to take their life force energy and we're going to get them to waste it with pornography or with drugs or with, you know, BS to where they don't care that they're getting robbed or that, you know, they don't understand that they're getting robbed and they're focused on, you know, effeminate, you know, when I say like effeminate, I mean, they're, they're not like, like it's the man's duty to protect his friends, family and tribe. If, if we're under attack and you're not, you know, you're not at the front of the, you know, if you're not in the front of the line helping to protect the tribe, you're worthless. Right. You're not even a man. And so like they've, 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 they've turned the population into infantiles because they've been poisoning them culturally. They've been poisoning them physically. They've been poisoning their minds. They've been, you know, dr drugging them up and they've been getting them, but distracting them, deceiving them with gaming 
and television, and they've been getting people to waste their lives on things that don't really matter while they've been stealing half their income. And a lot of the population, they don't even realize that they've been getting half their, their income stolen, you know? And so it really is, uh, you know, it really is, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, a very effective system, uh, you know, uh, uh, and it's, it's the vaccines, it's the glyphosated wheat, it's the glutamates, it's the fluoride in the, you know, in the, in the water that they tell you is there because the government just wants you to have healthy teeth. <laughs> it's just, you know, it is, uh, you know, while it's toxic on every other level in any other category, you got it. We're <laughs> gonna, but we're dumbing down the population. And if you didn't know that this program was going on and, you know, you, you've been drinking the fluoridated water, you've been eating the glyphosated wheat, you've been doing, you know, you've been, uh, you know, sucking on the, you've been getting your vaccines, you know, you've been getting chumped into injecting yourself with aluminum hydroxide, aluminum phosphate, polysorbate 80, mercury in the form of thimerosal, you know, for just, you know, BS reasons that they tell you on te te you know, television that, oh, you're going to get the flu if you don't get a flu shot. Yeah, it's all it's just, just more middlemen, middlemen, middlemen for everything. Yeah, yeah. so know. it's, you know, that's that's why pe why they can release these books that are only, you know, now read by you know, the, the people that were smart enough to avoid the poisons and the toxins and the coffee and the caffeine and the nicotine, and all the other, you know, stuff that they've been, you know, putting into society to weaken society. Right. Um, I'll just finish up, you know, they all spy on the citizens, which is how, you know, they're good people. They all use torture as policy, which is how, you know, they're good people. All of these regimes run secret prisons, for-profit prisons, concentration camps and black sites, which is how, you know, they're good people. Absolutely. They all, use, they all use conscription. They all use manufactured enemies and paid political violence. Uh, and that is really the end of the techniques. And that is, like I said, just to give the reader uh, the understanding that, uh, that the U S is using the exact same playbook as the Nazis, the Soviets, and the East Germans. And so if that doesn't bother you, I don't know what will. Um, the second part of the book is what I call one-pagers, and I'm just going to go through a couple of these, and then we'll kind of open it up for your questions. But yeah. um, So it's a religion, and so the president is the pope, and the senate and the house members are kind of the church leadership, and we're going to use trick photography and propaganda to give the president and the church leadership the appearance of holiness. And most people don't realize that this is going on when you see these, uh, these come by one at a time. But when I put, you know, three dozen examples together of the presidents all being photographed using trick photography to, you know, to where they've got appear to have halos or penumbras or light emanating from around them. Well, if you didn't, you know, because you don't really notice it when they come by one at a time, but you add three dozen examples like I've done here, then a lot of people are like, oh my God. Yeah. They're doing how many coincidences purpose. are they're, too many coincidences? Yeah, they're running game on me. This yeah. is they're running a game on me. And they're getting cocky about it too. And it's obvious. It's crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy obvious. 
So then the other thing I wanted to do is so, you know, like, you know, I break down the religion of statism. I break down the real history, the constitution that I like to call the constitution. Here's the, you know, I break down the history of the Pledge of Allegiance. It's all, you know, backed up by hypertext links to the authorities, the scholarship behind it, the hidden curriculum of the government school system, uh, the, the private Federal Reserve and the theft of fractional reserve banking. Uh, but this one I call the propaganda matrix. This is really, really one of the ones I want to you know, kind of break down, you know, for your audience. And this right here is a, is a, is a part of a media ownership chart and everything in the book is backed up by an eight gigabit or 16 gigabit flash drive, credit card size flash drive that you can just plug into a USB port and you can download the full scale visualization that I'm showing on the screen right now. But if you tell your friends and family that there are six media companies, monopoly media companies running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries to give everybody the illusion that there's all these different information sources in society, they may or may not believe you. But if you show them the media ownership chart that I've got on the Liberator, which is what we call our flash drive, yeah. then all of a sudden they can see you know, News Corp here on the left and News Corp owns, you know, News Corp, uh, which is Fox News. They just don't own Fox News. They own 175 newspapers and they own magazines and they own television book publishing and they own major internet sites and they own television programming and they own television distribution and they own movie pro movie studios and movie distribution and uh, book publishing companies and satellite networks. And you're like, Holy crap, there's six companies running hundreds of subsidiaries that have been giving everybody the illusion that there's all these information sources in, in society. And so that's how they do it. They've controlling all of the channels and they're distracting and deceiving every audience. Now, the other thing that I hear frequently is, you know, when you try to explain somebody the scam of COVID, I, you know, I can't tell you how many times that I've heard people go. So, so what you're saying is all the reporters are in on it together and all of the news stations are in on it together. I get that all the time. I get just, it all the time. Uh, until, no. <laughs> you, until you pull out this other visualization that is an organizational chart showing how the Bilderberg group, the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission have maneuvered their members into all the key reporterships and editorships and publisherships at publications ranging from New York Post to Fox News, the Wall Street Journal, the NBC News, the Economist, the Time Magazine, the Times of London, the Washington Post, CNN, CBS, to Warner Brothers, to uh, you know, the financial press, the financial times, foreign affairs, us news, world report, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I didn't understand this was going on. And so what I'm doing is I'm using visualization to make what was invisible to the public now visible where they can see it with their own eyes and then that's how you take somebody from kind of zero to 60 in the shortest amount of time. And so now because they've seen it with their own eyes, now they understand how the magician does the trick and how the population can be, think, can be tricked into thinking there's a pandemic going on when all the hospitals are empty 
And it's like they do illusion, man. They do illusion. They're controlling direction all right. the time. Absolutely. And you know, I, I shouted no because sometimes the answer is no, that like so many pawns are in place under these people that have absolutely no idea what they're a part of. And in a sense, when you really take a step back, in a way, anyone who's not aware of this. And actually plenty of us that are aware of it and still participate because we don't know what else to do. We're all like these people. We're all those, you know, unwitting pawns literally carrying out the whole thing. You know, it, so it, it almost feels like this could be going on and on and on for hundreds of years. And this, it's so perfect because it doesn't require absolute knowledge from every participant. It, it's almost just an ignorant bliss and we're being carried along through the system. That's just working like magic. Uh, some people are being carried along. Some people are fighting back and some people are waking up their friends and their neighbors. And some people yes. are uh, moving to New Hampshire as part of the free state project. And some people are rolling it back. And so, uh, so there is a huge resistance. You don't see it on the television, uh, but you know, you can go to freedom cells, uh, and you can find people in your, uh, you know, freedom cells. I forget if it's freedomcells.com or freedomcells.org, but you can find people in your own local, you know, area that are fighting back. Uh, you can move to New Hampshire with the free state project. Uh, you can, uh, you can find like-minded people in homeschooling groups where they understand the hidden curriculum of the government school system and they've pulled their kids out and they're homeschooling them on themselves, themselves with collectives because they don't want to raise chumps. That are willing that's to what go I'm all about. Government. Yep. Um, I do want to point out that these three groups, the Bilderberg group, the council on foreign relations and the trilateral commission, you know, um, uh, Epstein was part of the exact same groups. And yes. so not, not only are they controlling you know, uh, widely controlling human perception by controlling the information people receive, but they're also blackmailing politicians and prominent individuals and even royalty uh, using what is known in Washington, D.C. as a uh, brownstone operation where they'll get these politicians drunk and they'll put pop them a roofie and they'll throw them into a, you know, a room with a little boy or a little girl and they'll take photographs and then they'll blackmail them to be able to ensure that they can control, you know, much of the population. And so I think that, you know, um, uh, Epstein ought to be the poster boy for the Bilderberg group, the council on foreign relations and the trilateral commission. Um, you know, he was also like, I've heard a lot of stuff that he was putting ungodly amounts of money into like cutting edge science as well. So, I mean, it, and not only cutting edge science, but obviously that means he was probably funding a lot of, lot of science and scientists that uh we're supposed to trust yeah yeah not only that but his uh you know co-conspirator Ghislaine maxwell you know her father was robert maxwell and he was a media baron that was running dozens and dozens of media you know outlets newspapers radio stations television stations stuff like that so we're controlling perception you know, we're controlling the wow. information that the population receives. And then, you know, my daughter's out there blackmailing the ones that we can't, you know, that, you know, just to make sure that they go along with everything. Um, 
This other visualization, this one was done by a group called the Fund to Restore an Educated Electorate. And so those same three organizations, the Bilderberg Group, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, it's not just the media. It's the presidency. It's the vice presidency. It's the Federal Reserve System. It's the Council of Economic Advisors. It's the heads of the CIA. It's the heads of the FBI. It's the Import-Export Bank. It's the World Bank. It's the cabinet. It's representatives, it's senators, it's uh, presidents of colleges and universities, um, it's the you know money center banks. And going back, this chart goes back decades and Republican or Democratic administrations, every single major uh, you know position of power in the United States has been held by one of these organizations. Uh, a member of one of these organizations. Um, this, when you hear people talk about deep state, this is it. I hate the word deep state. I don't yeah, like globalists. I don't like elitists. I don't like new world order. Those are all purposefully unhelpful, purposefully undescriptive terms. This yeah. is intergenerational organized crime. The department of justice doesn't have a department of doing something about the deep state. Uh, if you call it, intergenerational organized crime, you're much more precise. People can understand it. They can wrap their head around it. And there's an expectation that law enforcement, whether it be local, state, or federal, needs to get off their ass and do something about it. Otherwise, they've just been robbing their friends and their neighbors for their salary, living off money stolen from others at the point of a gun. And so, uh, you know, Let's call it what it is. This is organized crime. It's people that are using deception and extortion to rob their fellow man. And so, you know, just, uh, you know, I know we're kind of, you know, like running short on time. I'll just kind of tease, tease the audience with some of these other, you know, kind of uh, visualizations or images in the book. When we get to the back, I've got, you know, quotes from different U.S. Oh, presidents, lovely, prime ministers talking about this this power system, and then really it's meme war, and uh, you know I've got some of the funniest memes in liberty. Liberty, uh, the book <laughs> is available at government-scam.com. You can download a free uh, preview uh, version of the book that has you know about ten percent of the pages taken out. To, you know to check it out, uh, but if you're trying to wake up your friends or your neighbors or your relatives. I highly recommend getting the physical book. Once they pick it up, they can't put it down. It's been scientifically designed to take them from kind of zero to 60 in the shortest amount of time, bring them up to speed. And we have a donor to uh, my foundation, the Art of Liberty Foundation, that makes it possible for us to sell these friends bundles at deeply discounted prices so that you can wake up, you know, your neighbor, we've got people that are putting these books into their libraries that are putting books yeah. in little mini libraries. We've got people that you put them as coffee table books in Airbnb in their Airbnbs. And so the, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> we've sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books uh, in friends bundles where people are giving them, uh, you know, out to their neighbors and we, we cut it down. We, we cut it down to the bone at uh, you know government-scam.com to be able to get it out there and uh, wake up your friends and neighbors. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for going through all this with me. And I did want to, if you have a little bit of time to get into the Free State Project, 
because I'm I'm directly south of New Hampshire, and that's one of my favorite places to ever go. I climb mountains up there all the time, and I have friends in New Hampshire, and I would love to go to New Hampshire. I don't know, I have to convince my wife, but what's going on with the free the free state project and the art of liberty? So there's you know there's lots and lots of libertarians and voluntarists you know out there that don't believe what the government and the media are telling them. But the problem is, is they're located all over the United States and they're dispersed and they're the minority. And so almost two decades ago, um, you know, someone came up with the idea that we'd be a lot more powerful if we concentrated in a single small population U S state where we could, uh, you know, effectively, um, uh, essentially take over the government and reduce it to just protecting life, liberty, and property, get rid of the socialism, get rid of the, the you know, crony capitalism, uh, et cetera. And so people thought that was a good idea. So they had a beauty contest among states and they said, okay, well, which low population state would be the easiest to take over? And they took a look at the you know, amount of people that, you know, the, you know, it really needed to be a state that had under a 1.5 million population. They figured that it would take about 20,000, you know, dedicated activists in a state that had a, you know, that low of a population to be able to, you know, to have an impact. And, uh, and so uh, they took a look at, you know, which of these states had a history of liberty, which of these states had, uh, you know, a, 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 a you know, a unpaid legislature, which of the states had the, you know, the easiest representation. And it really came down to Wyoming and New Hampshire. Uh, uh, New Hampshire won. And the deal with the Free State Project was, is that everybody signed a statement of intent saying that they would, that you didn't have to move until the total membership of the group hit 20,000. And so, but once they picked it in 2002, some people, once New Hampshire won the beauty contest in 2002, people began moving immediately and they were called uh, early movers. And so the Free State Project has been on the ground here in New Hampshire since 2003, essentially. They have 550 meetups a year, every corner of the state. They've gotten libertarians, small L libertarians and big L libertarians, but mostly small L libertarians uh, as Republicans or some of them as Democrats elected into the legislature. There's 25 currently serving now and they've been rolling back government. And so everywhere else, socialism and communism are like springing up in California and Oregon and, and Austin, Texas and all these places that used to be red are now turning blue except in New Hampshire, which is the only really state in the country that's going in the opposite direction. And so our goal for New Hampshire is to turn it into a laboratory of liberty. And guess what? It works. So when you minimize government, as they've been doing, uh, you know, in the state, um, New Hampshire has one of the highest per capita incomes. It has one of the lowest, uh, you know, poverty rates, the lowest unemployment rates, the, uh, you know, the lowest, you know, child, uh, uh, kids living in poverty. Um, it works like gangbusters. There's incredible prosperity here. 
Uh, I'm in uh, New Hampshire right now. We just got done with the uh, something called the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yeah, and there that's were right. How was it? Uh, fantastic. 2,500 sold out completely. They take over the largest campground in New Hampshire, Rogers Campground in, the, in, uh, in Lancaster. It's still going on. There's another one called Fork Fest that's going on this week. Pork Fest was last, last week. Yeah, uh, but there, there were, there. <laughs> were 2,500 Liberty lovers, uh, you know, new people that were checking out the state for the, free t- for the first time. And every single week, more and more people arrive in New Hampshire and begin getting busy rolling back and exposing this organized crime government, the scam of government and working on reducing government to just it's, you know, uh, uh, protecting life, liberty and property. Uh, my foundation, the Art of Liberty Foundation, we promote something called the pre-state project. And we think that the way to get around the monopolization of the media and the algorithmic censorship of the internet. And by the way, I showed the example of the monopolization of the media, but that was the old school media. So that, that media ownership right. chart, that's the radio stations, that's the television stations, that's the movie studios, that's the newspapers. On the new media side, there's probably two to three dozen internet search engines or social media sites or fact checking sites or movie streaming video sites. You know, it, this is the, the CIA, Google, and we break down the evidence of that in our flash drive of Freedom the Liberator. There's an article called How the CIA Made Google, which you can get on the internet or you used to be able the last time I checked. But you it can may see be that. about 20 pages deep now or so. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> on entirely. Exactly. But, you know, if you go find the article, How the CIA Made Google, you can find the specific DARPA, Defense Advanced Research Project Agency programs that Google came out of. You can get all the evidence for that claim, but we're going to control. We had the internet way before anybody else had the internet. We're going to use it to control perception. So we're going to fund these two to three dozen companies, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Snopes, uh, Reddit, Discuss, the Comment Engine, Meetup. Wikipedia, Amazon, Netflix. I think you're probably getting the idea. We're going to give them unlimited capital. We're going to give them patents. We're going to give them the ability to buy up and consolidate their competition so they have the dominant platform. And these are the platforms that have been caught censoring, caught deplatforming truth activists, caught um, demonetizing the alternative media, caught shadow banning uh, voices they don't know, caught fact checking information supposedly that is incorrect, even though it is correct. And so that's how they're doing it. We're just, we've got unlimited money because we're allowing banks to create it out of thin air. We've bought up the media, we've bought up the internet companies. We're, contr- we're using it to control uh, uh, um, uh, perception widely so we can make people believe that we got to go to war in Iraq because terrorists bombed us or we got to go to war and, you know, we got to, there's a, there's a uh, pandemic where people are dropping dead in the street in China, even though the hospitals are empty. And, you know, it just, it's, 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 if you don't understand how the magician does the trick, I can understand how people get fooled by the trick. But I got a book 
the government, the biggest scam in history exposed that will explain to your friends and family how the magician does the trick. And now there's no uh, excuse to continually get fooled by the trick. And so we've got a lot of solutions in the back of the book, but, uh, but that is one of the, one of the ones that we recommend the most is the free state project. So with the pre-state project, we want to create in New Hampshire, a pre-state or somebody that already lives in New Hampshire, they don't, they didn't, they're not moving to New Hampshire. They already live there. And so we want to drop a hundred thousand copies of the book, a hundred thousand flash drives, a hundred thousand uh, documentaries to get around the algorithmic censorship of the internet, to get around the monopolization of the media, brute force attack on censorship. It's the only way to get around it. We're going to go door to door. We're going to wake up yeah. everybody in New Hampshire and we're going to explain to them what's going on in a way that's going to get this entire state talking about it. So, so that's what we're trying to get funded. Uh, we're a startup public policy organization. If any of your your uh, your uh, your uh, listeners can introduce us to some heavy hitters that would like to, if you want a free Massachusetts, free New Hampshire first. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, like New the- Hampshire first. <laughs> You want a free California? We're a long way off down here. <laughs> you want a free California, free New Hampshire first. If you oh, want God, free, yeah. they're in another galaxy. Free New Hampshire. And so <laughs> we want to get one state across the goal line. If we get one state across the goal line, then it becomes impossible for all the other states to ignore what's going on in New Hampshire. We're already there thanks to the dedicated effort of the, the Free State Project. There's over 5,000 plus free staters on the ground here. More and more of them arrive every single week. We just had 2,500 of them get together in New Hampshire last week. It is so very, amazing. very exciting of what's going on. And so, uh, so that's what we're about. You can find out more about the foundation and the plan to free New Hampshire at government-scam forward slash foundation. You can see our uh, executive summary. You can understand what we're doing for the the fundraise, and uh, you know anybody that wants to get involved, uh, you know, please contact us at government-scam.com. That's awesome, man. That that that's uh, I love it. That just dropping a hundred thousand copies. It's just so metal. I love it. Uh, you basically answered my next and final question, which was, do you see this movement growing? And clearly it's growing. And I think I'll be joining it soon too. Let's hope. <laughs> yeah. So, come on over. The water is fine. The uh, mountains are beautiful mountains and dangerous are, and awesome. It, it is. It is. And the people are so cool because they're awake. They're intelligent. They're free thinkers. They're not being fooled by the COVID. Nobody's wearing any. There wasn't a single mask. I did not see a single mask. 2,500 people, not a single mask. That's awesome. There's no, there's not going to be any super spreader event. Nobody, like, it's just, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. There was no nobody wearing masks last year and it didn't turn into a super spreader event. The only people that, uh, you know, the, the, if you turn off the television, you're going to be just fine. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much, Etienne, for joining us. And uh, yeah, where can our listeners find you? Uh, just other, just that, or you, are you on social media too? Yeah, the best place is government-scam.com. Right. Um, uh, you know, for those that are, we've got a discount code at government-scam.com forward slash Monica. Uh, you know, we're, uh, we, we put together for Monica Perez's propaganda report audience, 
uh, you can get on, your your audience can get in on that, and they can see a really good interview uh, with uh, Monica Perez where we break it down as well. Uh, so government dash scam uh, forward slash Monica and government dash scam forward slash foundation to find out how to help the foundation. Um, uh, we're going to expose this thing. Uh, these people are going down. We're going to win this yeah. thing. That's the good news. And we don't need government. Everything that government does would better be done by the free market, by, you know, mutual aid societies, real charity, or it shouldn't be done at all. It's the biggest secret kept from the American people that we just don't need government. It's been a scam to rob everybody and control everybody. Once we get this parasite off our back, you're going to see the economy, uh, you know, uh, um, you're going to see the, con- the economy boom. You're going to see wages go up. You're, you know, it's not that there's not going to be a, uh, you know, an adjustment period. Um, by the way, that, you know, it's, it's Bernie Madoff level scandal. You know, the, the bad news is nobody's going to get social security. You know, it's been gone. You've been robbed. I you know, there's no other way to, you know, to, 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 to break it to people that these government programs are going to come to an end and that, that we're going to have to dig our way out of this, this, uh, this thing. But the key thing is, is when this organized crime system collapses and when people, you know, discover the scam of government, it's, imperative that we rebuild without the government it's imperative that 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 society learn the lesson of history this time that government is a scam it was never designed to protect you it's always been designed to rob and enslave you and if we can free up the market the free market the invisible hand the capital creation mechanisms if we can get rid of the the malinvestment and the, you know, the, the wasting of capital bombing empty valleys in Afghanistan and Iraq for, for, so that people can, you know, uh, profiteer off the war. Uh, uh, the economy will boom, but first we got to get rid of government. Absolutely, man. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me and sharing all this with my audience. And again, audience go get this book. I I'm probably going to pick up like a good amount of them and I would love to see you know, more people buying up this book because it's, it's pretty mind blowing from what I've seen so far. So thanks so much at the end for joining and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Absolutely. And thank you for what you do. I mean, this is it. This is all of us doing, you know, it's a thousand flowers booming. We're all working together in this. We are, it is the freedom movement. It is the Liberty movement. We, you know, we're, we're all in it together and uh, I just thank you for what you do as well. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate being a part of a larger community. That's I'm seeing what you're doing in New Hampshire. I'm starting to see even in just the podcasting community itself, it's popping up everywhere where it, we're leaving behind, not leaving behind the podcast, but people want to do more. We want to get together. We want to, we want this to be a real thing, you know, and I think it's time after this many decades of constantly talking about it, it's time to do something about it. So. Uh, absolutely. So uh, it's intentional communities. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's meeting your neighbor. It's turning off the television and meeting your neighbors. It's talking about how are we going to, you know, solve, solve these problems without government. And, uh, and it's happening. It's happening right now. And it's happening in New Hampshire. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, you have a great night. All right. You too. Thanks, Andrew. And thanks to the audience. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, 
then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, pacifarian. Enough, I get the point. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If oh. I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know, and if someone else knows, okay? I mean... <laughs> <laughs>